Sunday. It's Sunday, December 31st. Happy New Year's Eve and welcome to the last day of the daily walk. Congratulations. If you've began reading through the Bible last January and stayed on schedule, today you will finish reading the New Living Translation of the Bible. That's right. Today is the last day. You made it. So congratulations. So you want to join us today at 7 p.m. My wife and I are going to go through some of the 10 most impressions on us that we had through the Bible this last year. And obviously, it's just going to be some that come to mind because we know that to do Everything would take us a great deal of time. So tonight at 7 p.m., join us for a live stream as we talk about the things that were impressing on us from reading the Bible cover to cover this year. And congratulations to you for completing it. And today we get to see what started as banishment come to being, seeing the face of God in our new heaven. Everything has been resolved if we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so, welcome to today's version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. We are in Revelation 20, 21 and 22, and uh my heart goes out to my friends, the Miller family. Uh, my friend Dirk has met the second resurrection today, as of yesterday. He uh, was suddenly taken to the heavenly realms and leaves behind four young daughters and a wonderful wife. I worked with him for several years. He was my AD, athletic director. I would sub for him in his Bible class, and we had a great working relationship, and for what reasons, we'll never know till we meet, reach him and, and meet up with him in heaven. The Lord called him home yesterday, so we need to pray for comfort and uh, healing for the family. Uh, the girls are from 11th grade, clear down to 1st grade. There's four of them scattered in between there. And I've had the pleasure of working with a few of them too. So my wife and I got to work with him a lot and his wife Kim. So... Uh, let's be in prayer for them as we go into the new year. And, you know, the family 
And let's, as we look through this passage today, let's just glory at knowing that he's in this new heaven we get to see about today. So, Lord, we thank you that we were able to (laughs) stay on track and get through your word. We thank you for what your word tells us. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us and that you're with the Miller family. And, Lord, we just love you. We praise you. We thank you with all our heart that on this Sabbath day, we can know we've accomplished one of the greatest disciplines. And we look forward to another year of just reading your word. Lord, I know for our family, we're going to start over and read it again. And I pray for those that have just finished, that they will see this as the start and they can do it again. And that maybe today when we do our stream, we can give them some tidbits on how to do it and enjoy it. So, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you in Jesus' name. So today we start out with uh, chapter 20, which talks about the millennium, which is where Satan is released for a thousand years. He gets thrown into the pit, and then he gets re- he's held up for a thousand years, and then he gets released again. And, you know, there's this big debate on premillennial, amillennial, and postmillennial times. But here's what I want to, and you know, when is this going to happen? Before the rapture, after the rapture, during our time here. And here's here's what there's some people let that that just totally ruin their whole church life. That some people let that totally ruin their whole belief in Jesus life. But here's what I want to bring to the table today and propose to you we have to remember that a year is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a year and if we get caught up in all that you know we already saw where the lord threw satan out of heaven right and if we put since we can't put things in God's timeline. We don't know that God hasn't already done this to him. Because remember, a lot of this writing that John is getting from the angel that's taking him around is has happened in his time. So we don't know that God hasn't already cast Satan out and said you're bound from, bound from heaven, Right? And it's released him on the world for his thousand years. Now, we don't, a thousand years is like a year. So if we a year to us is a thousand years to him, we could be living in that. We could have been living in that. We could be going through that because Satan is released in doing what Satan does. And we could be so busy arguing about pre-post or amillennialism <laughs> that we are missing the point, right? Because the point is, and I know there's going to be people arguing with me, but this is what the Lord laid on my heart. The bigger picture in this is that Satan is defeated, okay? Satan is defeated once and for all. And that's the biggest picture that we get, okay? We know that. Um, 
it talks about the first resurrection and people get hung up on that too. The first resurrection really is we talk about raising people to life now and, and the first resurrection is when we give ourselves to Christ. We're resurrected from a life that was dead to the Lord and we're giving ourselves to Jesus and he rises us up in him. And, this, and so that makes us eligible to be one that comes back to life. We're raised from the dead and we get to be able to, if the millennial period is now, we get to be able to resist the temptation. We can resist the thwarts of the devil. We can resist all the marks of Satan and the marks of the beast because we have the mark of Jesus on us. And for that, when the second death, when we, the physical death, when we die out totally and we take our last breath like my brother did and my brother in Christ did yesterday, then we will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him forever. We reign with him forever. And we'll be the ones that get a stand with him. So this big issue is... Where's our heart? We don't want to get caught up in the stuff that's going to tear us apart. We want to stay united, not divided, and know that the big thing that matters most of all is where's our heart? Is it one with Jesus? Because I promise you Jesus will give us clarity. All right? And the clarity that Jesus wants us to have is be with me. Okay? And I think about some little cartoon that my kids used to watch back in the day that the little little cartoon figure would say, play with me. And, you know, nobody would play with him. And it reminds me of Jesus when we get all caught up in these religious particulates instead of just having a good relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, come with me. Don't get caught up in that. Sometimes we just have to live by faith and not by sight. And when we live by faith, then our faith will be made sight in the day of reckoning. Woo, is that good. I love that. So we know that the day is coming when the battle will happen and Good and evil are going to face off. And in this particular passage, it's talking about Gog and Magog, okay? And Noah had a son whose name was Magog, Japheth, whose who, Noah's son, Japheth, was, had a son named Magog. And Ezekiel presents Gog as a leader for Israel. So. Those two are like the ones that are going to be battling out here, and we get uh, this uh, this battle of good and evil. And so the battle doesn't rage, okay? It's not like forces going back and forth like we have in Israel right now, but it's Israel and Palestine, right? The battle is going to be decisive because the lamb wins, Man, I just think of that all the time because the lamb wins. He's already won at the cross. He beat death. 
and he beat Satan, right? He beat death and he beat Satan because he rose from the grave and he beat Satan down there when he was in, in the tomb three days. And he holds the keys now, all right? But remember, Satan's allowed still to run the earth. That's why I'm saying we can't get caught up in pre-poster or, or um, what's that other term? I say a millennial, but I don't want to be wrong. It is a millennial. Okay, pre-poster a millennialism. We want to just realize that the timeline of God is different than ours. A year is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a year. What we want to do is be with God, right? Be with Jesus. He is the one. Come with me, he is saying. Oh, that's key words. And so the battle is decisive, and since he's been allowed to do this stuff, then the, since the battle is so decisive, then the devil, when this battle of good and evil happens, fire from heaven will come down and attack all those armies and the devil who's been deceiving people all these years will be thrown in the burning sulfur lake of fire, joining the beasts and all the false prophets once and for all. The beast, the death, death and Satan will be cast out forever, once and for all, forever and ever, it says. Wow. And when that happens, then we'll be held accountable. Yeah. Then we all stand before Jesus. And John says, I saw the dead both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened. That's when we're held accountable. Can you imagine if we stand before, will I stand before you, Jesus, or will I fall to my knees? You know, I can only imagine. I didn't do that justice, but that's what, <laughs> I mean, really. And the books will be opened, including the book of life. So every, God knows everything we've done. He knows what's in our heart. And the, Jesus said he knows even the corners of your heart. And I love that he uses corners because, you know, corners are hard to clean. And that's why he uses the word corner because sometimes in our corners, we don't want to reveal stuff. And he says, you got to clean everything give me everything and we will be just according to what we've done as recorded in the books and we're going to be according to our deeds and the ones that aren't in the book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire and that's the second death. And anyone who is not recorded in the book of life goes in the lake of fire. I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I want to make sure I'm in the book of life. Because here's what's for us. 
If we have Jesus in our heart, all our nooks and crannies and corners of our heart are clean, and we've been totally devoted to Jesus, sold out, and we've been marked by him, marked by the blood of the Lamb, and he shines on our face. It says so. Then we get to see the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Revelation 21 talks all about the new Jerusalem. And we get to see it coming down out of heaven like a bride, a beautiful dress for her husband. And we get to see it. And there'll be, every tear will be wiped away. There'll be no sorrow, no pain, no crying, no more death. All those things are gone forever because we live eternal life with him. You know, John 3.16 is come to life. Our faith is made sight. And the one sitting on the throne says it is finished. There's no more death. There's no more pain. There's no more crying. There's no more sorrow. There's no more sickness. There's no more disease. All that stuff's over. You don't have to fight with the enemy anymore. Not not people. Remember, it's not people. It's the principalities of darkness. It's Satan and all his entities. <laughs> we don't have to fight them anymore. Because he says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all the blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. Isn't that awesome? Haven't we heard that before? Isn't that what Jesus said to the woman at the well? The water I give you, you will never thirst again. <laughs> He says that in, in John 12, too. He's the living water. Oh, man, this is so good because we finally reached that. I know my friend is drinking from those springs right now. And that's the peace that we only, that's the peace we take from this. It's the only thing. Yeah, I have a void in my heart right now. I'm telling you, I felt like I got hit in the chest with a sledge yesterday when I found out. because he's a good friend. He was a good person. I looked at my text stream from him, and, and the last thing he told me, because he knows I'm coaching elsewhere, was he was encouraging me. And he was trying to tell me, you know, you're doing good because the things take time. So I know he's doing that. He's walking those streets, no more pain, no more suffering. No more stress from working three million jobs at his job. So then John gets to go see the city, the new city of Jerusalem, which was on a great high mountain. And it came down descending out of heaven from God. It shone the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone. This is really good. It's in Gen Revelation 21, and it's so descriptive of the new Jerusalem, the city was broad and high with 12 gates. There you go, 12, guarded by 12 angels. There's significance in 12. I love 12, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, and the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were on the gates. Well, there you go. And the three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west, they had three gates, so, you know, 
three times four is 12. There you go. The wall of the city had 12 foundational stones and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb. That would be his disciples, the ones that went around, you know, the ones that followed him that he would later call apostles because he had a greater calling on them. Apostle means called of God. Disciples are followers, and these 12 guys that he called first, he wanted them to do greater things. And that's what he tells them in Luke 9, 1, and Luke, uh, Matthew 10, 1, and John 14, 12. All the things I have done and more, you will do and more. <laughs> Come on, that's awesome. And then John gets to see that the wall of the city, the thing that, you know, surrounds it. Remember Jesus, God said in Zechariah 2 that he's going to protect Jerusalem with a ring of fire. So think about this. There's this wall around the new Jerusalem. And get this. It's perfectly square. It's a cube. There's things about the cube because the inner, the most holy place of the temple was a cube. And you had to go in there, and that's, that means it's perfectly square, right? But get this. He measures it. They give him a tape to measure this, and it's 1,400 miles long on each side. Does that strike anybody, 1,400 miles? I mean, yeah, that's long, but 1,400 is a derivative of 144,000, <laughs> which we know is a part of 12. See, all that stuff comes with completion, and it all goes with the fact that there's completion in what God is bringing to us, and it all is there. And I just think that's so amazing how God uses numbers to get his point across. And, you know, all growing up, I was always about numbers. I mean, I, I was a walking phone book before we had contacts, you know, where we didn't have to know them, and you could just leave it in there and say, hey, Google, call, which I better be careful. It might do it, you know. Or tell Siri to do it. And it, it's like, you know, it. I was all about numbers. Math was my thing. Math still is good for me. I'm not so much into the new math thing because I haven't learned that. But numbers were my thing. I'm a stat freak for my basketball teams and my baseball teams. But it's just amazing how God uses numbers like this. And so he goes on and he, he talks about how the wall was made of jasper and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. And the wall of the city was built on a foundation stones inlaid with precious stones that were jasper, sapphire, and ag ag agate, the fourth emerald, sorry, the fifth onyx, sixth carnelian, and chrysolite, beryl, topaz, chrysophase, and jacinth, and amethyst. The 12 gates were made of pearls, and it's just a beautiful place. This is heaven. This is what we're working to get to. And there's no temple for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. 
It's just this giant cube where we get to go in and be protected from all evil. And there is no evil because they cast it into the bottomless pit, the fiery furnace, the lake of sulfur, the fire. It's never going to be around us ever again. Isn't that awesome? Because it says nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And because there's no pain, no sorrow, no no sickness, no illness, no disease, when we get there, people are like, oh, man, but won't we miss so-and-so if they don't make heaven? We're protected from that. There's this giant wall around us, but there's this wall from our memory bank, too. If we get there and so-and-so doesn't, we're not even going to know because God is so good. He protects us, and we get there, and we will just know only the ones that are there because he makes it so there's no sorrow and no pain. Isn't that, that's just awesome. That's from Luke 16. You got to look at Luke 16 and just go back to that. So I encourage you to read again because it's awesome to see how God does this stuff. In the last book, you guys, you're on the last book, the last chapter of Revelation is just the promise that he's coming. We just got to see the new heaven. We got the promise that if our name is in the book, we're going to reach it. We got the promise that all evil is going to be wiped out. We got to see that, man, maybe this whole thing is, is like the biggest, important, most important thing is you got to be ready. Let's just know the Lord and know that when he comes, we're here. Because, you know, I can tell you, you know, I had a shift on the helicopter where everybody died. I worked 24-hour shifts on the helicopter as a flight paramedic. And everybody died on that shift. It tore me up. My wife, I knew something happened when I came home. And, and she's like, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know I, if I can do this because everybody died. And I saw it from the, from the young, from an 18-month-old baby to a man in his 60s. And in between there was a 15-year-old kid who I had to do a surgical intervention on to give him an airway. And it was just like, yeah, I mean, I was like, I was like, man, I don't know. Because I saw death from all kinds of age groups, you know, and my friend that died yesterday was only in like 41, 42. And so what we have to realize, we can't get caught up in what the what millennialism we want to believe in. We got to believe that Satan is alive and well right now. So perhaps, you know, we're living in a time like that. We are. And the one thing we can't do is just think, oh, we got to wait for the rapture. We got to wait. No, because here's the thing. <laughs> the second coming of the Lord is going to happen. And it could happen for any one of us at any given time at his own time. Jesus said already, I'm coming like a thief in the night. <laughs> that was in Revelation as well. We have to be ready. And just like he came from my friend, it was just as unexpected as a thief in the night. 
So we have to be ready so we can see this new Jerusalem, this new heaven that's waiting for us. Not the one on earth that we can come into when we get into his presence, but the one that awaits us where we escape all the struggles of earth. Because he says, we're going to see his face that day. And it's going to be written all over us. It's going to be written on our foreheads. And there'll be no night there because he is the light. There'll be no need for sun or moon because he is the light. Because Jesus says, this is how he closes this, I'm coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of the prophecy written in this book. Remember, obey or follow or come along with. Jesus said again, look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. So it's a reward if we have him written in our hearts. I, Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So he's coming for us. I've sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I'm the both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright and morning star. So Jesus says, I'm coming. And let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life come so he's opening the door remember he, he said that you know here I am at the door knocking but you hold the doorknob he doesn't because he says yes I'm coming soon and it could be for any one of us man I you know I, I was telling my wife Yesterday in the morning in my prayer time before I do any of this, I was really thankful for each day the Lord gives me because every day to me is like, is a blessing. You know, I've I've just lost a friend who's only in his 40s. I lost my uh, brother-in-law to a severe asthma attack when he was in his 40s. I see people all around me that are losing their life at a young age, you know, and, and I'm not that young. I'm older than that. So every day I know that God has given me, and, and I'm in the best health I've been in for a long time, and I'm praising the Lord for that. I'm thanking him for Sarah and John, who got my wife and I on this health and wellness program. And, you know, I know he's coming soon, but one thing we have to realize is, yes, there's going to be a rapture. That's biblical but it doesn't necessarily mean we wait for the mass rapture our rapture could come at any given moment and that's what is made clear here he's coming soon and it could be any time for any given one of us so be ready make sure our our name is written in the book because he wants us to be in that new Jerusalem. He said right there, let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anybody who wants to drink from the water come. That's you and me. 
So John closes out, amen, amen, come Lord Jesus, come. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. Praise the Lord, you've made it through the Bible. Let his word be written in your hearts. And may Jesus the Messiah be your Lord and Savior. And may you go into 2024 knowing how great a God you have and what a great accomplishment you have done and continue to hide his word in your heart for 2024 and put your trust in God. Happy New Year. We'll see you next year on The Daily Walk. Trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail.